Thank you for downloading Fearless in Devotion, a podcast all about Wrexham AFC. Here they come, our mighty champions, raise your voices to the anthem, marching with our mighty army, Wrexham is the name, Fearless in Devotion. Christ on all, this is Fearless in Devotion, sponsored by the Fat Ball Bar and Restaurant. Is this the real life? Is this just fantasy? At first I was afraid I was petrified. It's Britney Bitch. These, of course, are iconic first lines of songs. And now we have another. Big Ollie Palmer's Not a Tree. Uh, yes, of course, this is Tim's new Ollie Palmer song to the tune of Club Tropicana. How's it gone down, Tim? Wow, you've just poured fuel on the fire. Thank you so much. Um, I personally think it's genius, but then I would. If you sing out loud um, naked whilst doing the hoovering, which I wasn't doing, by the way, but I did sing out loud. It does work. I did even get somebody, I forgot his name now, I've recorded it, um, and he's done an acoustic sing, sing-along to it, and it's beautiful, but I don't, I, I'm going to save him from getting the same sort of rippage I got. It's been, it's been universally well received in some quarters, and it's been pegged and hammered. It's been uni- universally well received in some quarters. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you wouldn't pick up on that, um, but you know what? I don't give a shit. Um, to be honest, um, I, I've I've got more gold in the locker, but I'll I'll keep that from when I'm feeling less um, less uh, sensitive. Okay, well, we'll look forward to that one. Anyway, on to on, to on the pitch matters. Uh, great win yesterday. And obviously, Tuesday, more importantly. Tim, you were there for both? Yeah, as weeks get, it's been probably one of the best we've had in in many a year. I mean, to be honest, I was thinking about this before we, we started recording. I probably put the Chesterfield win up there as arguably our best away win of the non-league era. I put that above Chester. Bizarrely, I have to think hard about that, but just because mm. of it. But, you know, we, we carried on where we left off in the Chesterfield game against Aldershot, and we did everything that we didn't do in the first half of the Chesterfield game at the start of the Aldershot game, controlled the game, produced more comp- much more composure on the ball. Yeah. It, apart from, if you take the, the, the late consolation goal from Aldershot out of it, it was as flawless as it could, could get, really, I think. Yeah, it was big, wasn't it? Um, and obviously, great to have Mullin back yesterday. Liam, you were there. Pretty comprehensive victory, it seemed like. It, it was almost too comfortable, I commented, in the second half. I'm not I'm not used to that in home performances. It's usually edgy, you see, worrying for the majority of the 90 minutes the other team is going to get a late equaliser. But it, it was just a really enjoyable day, to be honest. Mullin's first goal was really well taken, quite um, a wide angle. His second one, I think, uh, I don't know if anyone's seen the goalkeeping for that, but that was quite um, laughable. But I think John Davis's was clearly the pick of the bunch. Just my friend next to me missed it. He looked at his phone, glanced at his phone for a second. Um, and next thing it was in the in the top corner. So, yeah, great to have Mullin back. Great to have um, Jordan Davis because I thought he had a not not terribly slow but a slightly slow start to the season, and now he's coming into his own. I think Tim said on Saturday, you know, he's he's arguably a shoe in for Player of the Season if he carries on at the rate he's doing. Um, so yeah, all in all, a great day. 
Brilliant. And it seems like we're just clicking at the right time, doesn't it? I mean, it was Humphrey that we had on a few weeks ago, wasn't it, Tim, saying that he doesn't, he's not ready to give the title to Stockport yet. And is this a sign that we're starting to click into gear? We're going to go on that run? Uh, hopefully. We, we know what it's like. We've had a lot of false dawns over the years. We can't. Yes, it's four wins in a row. Yes, all the shot were poor, but we just, yeah, things seem to be gelling quite nicely. You know, you take the first half of Chesterfield out of it and, you know, we, we were a little bit sluggish at, at Wheelstone. But, yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think it's it's been a bit of a, it feels like a, a turning point in the season this week, I think, I hope. We just look hungry for it now. Like there's this sort of challenge to reel Stockport, Chesterfield in one step at a time and, yeah, you know, it's it's looking looking good. Yes, indeed. And I know Mark Griffiths, but I was having a look at some of the stats of our season uh, just earlier today. And I was seeing that, you know, the first dozen or so games, as we know, were a bit sort of inconsistent, uh, a couple of good performances and then not great results. However, in the last 17 games, uh, we've won 11, drawn two and lost three, 38 points in 17 games. That's a points per game ratio of 2.23. If we do that in the last 15 will end up on 88 points, which you'd imagine would see us comfortably in the top three. If we actually continue to improve and go on a bit of a run, who knows what's possible? Who knows? We'll leave you with that tantalising prospect. Uh, however, first of all, we need to get that win at Kings Lynn tomorrow night. Um, but before we talk uh, more about that and do predictions, etc., cetera, uh, why don't you tell the listeners, Tim, who we had uh, a discussion with last week? We had um, somebody who is an avid listener of the podcast who is uh, somebody who has done very, very well for himself and has reached the dizzying heights of the Premier League via not much action for Wrexham. So we're delighted to bring um, Leicester City and Wales number one international goalkeeper Danny Ward to the pod. It was a delight. He gave up two hours of his time. You'll hear the first part of that in this podcast and we'll run the second part of, of our chat largely centred around Wales um, ahead of the, the crucial World Cup qualifier game against Austria This week's Fearless and Devotion podcast is somebody that doesn't really need much of an introduction. He is a keen listener to the pod. Um, he is a massive Wrexham fan, as was uh, proven by his uh, wild um, leading of the singing down at Meadow Lane when Wrexham played Notts County there not so long ago. Where do we begin? Started his career in the Wrexham Academy. Uh, didn't really get much game time for the Reds. Suddenly popped up at Liverpool. Went on a few other uh, loan missions, most notably at Huddersfield and Aberdeen. And he's now playing his trade for Leicester City in the Premier League. So welcome to the podcast to the uh, Wales number one goalkeeper and Leicester City's Danny Ward. Good to have you on. Good evening, chaps. How are you? Yeah. 
All good, all good. Surviving this storm, Eunice, but uh, now all's well. Pretty grim, isn't it? I haven't really budged today. I walked the dog this morning, got absolutely drenched. It was horrific. And then, yeah, that was it. I just kind of like camped in for the night. I had a bit of a duvet day. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was. Uh, it wasn't ideal today anyway. Conditions for a goalkeeper, let's just say that. My, uh, my garden fence is broken and two panes in the greenhouse have gone, if you were looking for a South Wales update. Well, that's going to ruin your tea, isn't it? I know, it has. <laughs> I, I mean, he says that because I'm sitting here eating spag bowl and... Uh, it's uh, yeah, a bit more um, sour than the usual Friday night spag bowl would be. There we go. But on the plus side, you're mugging off Wales Premier number one goalkeepers going to play darts in 15, 20 minutes. So screw you, Reese. I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, let's carry on with the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Danny, thanks for joining us. I know you've been keen to, to do this for a while, as have we. So let, let's go from the, the very beginning because... I don't know. I don't know what it is. I suppose the ones that know you, you know, the, the nearest and dearest will know everything and everything about you. But I suppose for the sort of your average Wrexham fan, it was just like, do you remember Danny Ward? Yeah, yeah, he was with us, and then then he wasn't, and then. So just give us a bit of a background to you. Born in Wrexham, raised in Wrexham, lived in the area. Give us a, a bit about you to begin with, because it's not. I don't think it's necessary something a lot of us know about. I I was born in the Myla. Yeah. Uh, but I grew up uh, down the road in Mancock. Right uh, towards Harden, yeah. Uh, so not too far, really. We used to jump on the train as kids, coupling me and a couple of pals up to Central and walk to the race course, watch the games. Um, but I did actually, I lived up by the creek for a couple of years up in Brumbo, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, my, my latter years of school, uh, but, but yeah, I kind of joined Wrexham at, at 15, really, yeah. sort of towards the end of what's well, coming towards scholarship time. I'd been through the academy systems. At, I was a crew, like really young, uh, Liverpool, Man United. I come to a point where I just, you know, I'd, I'd been released from Man United uh, about, I think it was just turned 14. I said I was going to be too small to be a goalie, which was just quite ironic now. <laughs> um, and then I remember John Reardon. Remember John Reardon, the scout? Yeah. Uh, at Drexham. Yeah. He, he, was ringing, he was ringing my old man uh, non-stop for a few weeks. And my old man kept saying, he kept asking me, and I was like, listen, I, I just want to be a kid for a little bit. I've, I've sort of had no, or a really limited childhood, you know, missed yes. you know, parties and birthdays and stuff. So I've been going here, there and everywhere with football around the country. Obviously we had, you know, exams coming up and stuff. So I thought I just wanted to be an, a normal kid for a while. So a few weeks, a few months went past and... Uh, yeah, John rang again and he finally wore me down. And I, said, I agreed to come and play. Uh, I think played Warsaw down at Colliers um, on the on the 15s, 16s. Neil Roberts was the manager with Lee Jones at the time, oh, really? so I was, you know, as a Wrexham fan, that was that was nice. Uh, and then from there, just uh, a long and winding road after that. Yeah. So take us back to. When you're growing up and you said you used to go to a couple of games, can you remember your first game or anything like that? I want to say it's either Rochdale or Stockport at home. Right. Um, I went, so the, the lad who, used to, who lived over the back of, of our house in Mancot on the estate, uh, I give him a little shout out, he might listen to this, Danny Hood, top man, loves, like, biggest Wrexham fan I've ever met. Um, he was a few years older than me and he said one day, do you want to go and, should we just get on the train and go and watch Wrexham? I was like, yeah, didn't have a clue. I'd, I'd, I'd very rarely been past the ground by that point as well, living in Mancot and being at the age of probably, what, 12? 
uh, we went, we went, I'm pretty sure it was Rochdale when it was the team of like Glenn Murray and they had Higginbottom on the wing, that sort of, it was, it was a bald fella in midfield, Gary Jones or Summit Jones. Yeah, I know, I know you mean. Um, I can't remember his name now. I can see him, I can picture him, but I can't think of his name. That was my, that was my first proper memory. Uh, and I think my next game was the reverse fixture of Scotland. Oh, my right. old man, I wrote my old man in. Uh, I remember it just being freezing, but they had a banging chippy just out, just behind the stand. <laughs> it's always cold in Rochdale. Doesn't matter oh, what you always, do always cold. But that's sort of my first memory of of Wrexham Football Club, and then I sort of just got in a routine of it and fell in love. You know, it's I'd been to games when I was younger. I've, I've been to my United a couple of times. With my, my old man's a big Man U fan. Uh, so and obviously it's all wow and you know massive stadium and you're seeing all the glitz and glamour of the Premier League and whatnot all the big names. But I sort of fell in love with like the the intimacy of, of the non-league and how real it is. It's like real football. Well, at that time it was League Two, but it's just it's just it's proper, isn't it? It's it was just class, the whole atmosphere. Uh, it just it sucked me right in, uh, and I've loved it ever since. You know, I'd, I'd love to be able to go a lot more, but obviously. My weekends are obviously are often taken up as well, so it's it can be quite difficult. Did you did you have a, a particular um, favourite player? Was it was, where where in the ground did you sit or stand? We were in the Mole Road. My yeah. first uh, that's where we used to go and sit. Not probably as you're looking from the dugout, probably the top right corner towards where the away fans used to sit in the area. Roberts, I wasn't the one of the room ones. I just used to enjoy you know enjoy the back and forth. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so we used to sit around there. Uh, I, I, like I said, I loved it. You know, just everything, the sort of commute to the train station and, and the whole, it was a proper sort of event for, for a young lad. And yeah, was, I just couldn't get enough in the end. Any players stand out for you at that time thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm into that? Or was it, oh, it... Players-wise, I, I really, I, around that time, I think Robbo was up front, you know, he was, who, yeah. knowing him personally as well, he was just, Top top guy, great Barnet, decent in the air, <laughs> uh, and just he was an all round top fella as well. So yeah, Rob always up there. He scored some crucial goals during that time as well. If if I'm thinking of the same kind of time period, because I mean things weren't going that really well for us really for a few years, and he was uh, one of the ones who sort of uh, kept uh, kept giving us hope really. Yeah, yeah, he's. Uh, I remember it was him, and I remember uh, Izzy was playing. Oh yeah, Christian. I'm not sure if it was the same sort of year where we had obviously I'm not sure if that was a year the Boston one. You know, I remember the Boston last game. 2007. Yeah. It might have been around it might have been that time. Yeah. It sort of fits the timeline. Because I actually went in at that season, I went in uh, that's what been that year, fourteen. Yeah. Around then I went in and trained with the first team just on, on a half term as uh, as part of my trial period just to try and get me involved. Uh, Mark Morris was the keeper coach and Oh, it was just class. Obviously, it turned out to be people like Juan Ugarte there, who was a bit of a legend at the time. You know, it was like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm training this proper man. I, I was watching these on the weekend. And now I'm here with these boys at college, just getting peppered. You know, big Steve Evans with, you know, he's as massive, like he's bigger in real life. You know, it's, it's one of them. He looks massive on the pitch. And then when he stood in front of you, he's even bigger. Yeah. I bet when he got in Steve Evans are like I stuck one past Danny Ward in training <laughs> so I remember that really skinny kid who, who was quite quiet yeah he, he, <laughs> I think he used to play it or something like that but no it was uh, no they were good times I, I really really enjoyed it 
that must have been quite surreal to me. I mean, that, that's like that's like most of us, isn't it? You, you, growing up as a Wrexham player, I think, oh, wouldn't it be the dream, the dream to kind of play for the team you love and then blink and then you're training with these guys. And the next minute, kind of making your way through that setup. Um, take us a little bit around that because I can't think who else was in the in the academy at the time or if there's any other any of the players that kind of made the grade. And, and, and so, so when I got into the... So when I was a first-year scholar, so I was on the bench originally uh, when Steve Cooper was the manager. Do you remember the year they won the league? They won the, the Youth Alliance League and they had like Kai Edwards centre-half and oh, yeah. Obiana Row up front. And you had people like Leon Klaus, Rush, Nick Rushton, uh, the, two Moss, the two Moss brothers. Louis was my age. Louis, yeah. yeah. Uh, who else would have been there? Trigger, Declan Walker, right back. Quite, quite a few that all all got into the first team. Yeah, they that sort of, I wouldn't say it was a golden generation or anything like that, but there was a real good group of players there, which, you know, obviously Joey nurtured them. There was good players, but you kind of nurtured them to to a certain way where they, you know, they'd run for each other. There was a great sort of team spirit. I remember being on the on the minibus, I think we were going away to like Port Vale or somewhere. And it was the first time I'd been with them. So obviously Coops and Joey are in the front of the minibus. I was sat by the door. I remember I was just ginger Irish like that. I'm sure his name was George Stewart or George something. It was right. unbelievable. Unbelievable. He should have gone on and had a career. Talent-wise, he was incredible. Like he, he'd just take the piss out of everyone. Uh, I remember him sat next to me and I, I was being really quiet and I, I was that nervous. I wasn't even playing. I was nervous and I remember being sick by the door on the minibus and, and everyone just kind of looking at me like, who is this lad? Like, what is he doing here? I'd never even trained with these boys and I just turned up and was just, just spewed on the minibus. So, wow. yeah, it, was, it wasn't a great sort of journey. Arrive, but, uh, arriving in Port Vale has had that effect on many a Rex and family. Believe it or not, it was very similar to the weather like today. Like, it's, it's just, yeah. I remember Stone Dominoes or something we played, like, it was freezing. Horrendous, horrendous. And then we had, um, so then my age group, when we became first-year scholars, was Jay Colbeck, yeah. who played, played a few games. Jamie Morton. Yeah. Another one who had such good talent. That he, was, he was so good. And he grew, they were all great lads as well. We had a lot of the Scouts boys. And we had a, a sort of real mixture of lads we'd been through the system at Wrexham. Yeah, you like to uh, Max Penk, who played for Wales with me. Mm. And then you had people who'd come in from, like Liam Shipton, who'd come in from crew, like lads, that sort of northwest area. It was a good catchment for us at the time. With Obviously, Colliers was a great attraction. Wrexham's a, got a steeped in history. So as a young player, you can't be too precious if you've just been let go from um, a United, a crew, an Everton, a Liverpool. What better place, you know, an hour down the road, if you're coming from these sort of clubs, to try and play trade is, is Wrexham. It's, it's absolutely perfect. So there's a lot of, um, a lot of talented boys came through at that point. Yeah, but I don't know whether it was just uh, dealing with like the sort of the mental side of the game, right? the pressure that you, you can put yourself under as well. Maybe not being ready for that that level that where we were at the time in terms of you know the standard of football. Like lads get treated like you know, princes and like kings, whatever they've been before, and then you you come to Wrexham and it's you know it hits home and you've got to fend for yourself. It's it's a real job, you team. It's not turn up, train. Mm. Have a rub, you know. Have a mass, have a nice bit of gym. Go and have a shower and food, and go on. It, it, it was a proper, a proper grind, and it's all lads, you know, the, the value of hard work, if you like. And some boys just couldn't couldn't hack that. Yeah, 
Yeah, I imagine that's it's a different world, isn't it? I suppose at, at, at this level, um, back then even more so. So obviously, we'll, we'll go to the manager in charge at the time when you were there in a minute. But in terms of other key figures behind the scenes that had an influence on you, I imagine the likes of Cledwin and the likes of Joey would be the obvious prominent figures. How much of a big part did they play in, in, in kind of? shaping you as a person and a player because when you like like you just said you know one minute you're, you're being sick on a, on a on a bus to a game you're not even playing in to now get into the position where you are surely along the way you you meet key figures in your personal and professional life that help you instill that confidence to reach that level yeah well it, well if Cleveland had his way i'd be a right back <laughs> he was <laughs> He was my uh, he was my manager uh, coming through Fincher School, uh, School Boys. Um, we used to go for these big trial days at, at Brincork, and, and he was playing me right back. And I actually I, I, did, I did all right. I remember I scored a beautiful free kick and stuff. And my old man went up to me was like, "Listen, he, he's a goalie. Like, he's, he's at Man United as a goalie." They're like, "No, nah, no, nah, we, we think he's a right back." Uh, and then next thing you know, that's so why I kind of binned it. And then the next year, because I was I think I was only. Juniors in, in primary school, I must have been year three, four, so what's that? Eight, nine. Um, and then he put me in goal. I only played a few here and there because of obviously commitments. So Cleveland wanted me to be a right back. So that was a good start. Uh, but top fella. Obviously, he's a Welsh football legend, Cled. Just a, a great, great guy in general. Football wise, he could spot a player. You know, he's done, he's done well. He's been around for so long. You know, he was, I remember him talking to me about where when Speeds was at D-side school boys and mm. seeing him for the first time. It was, you know, amazing. Great depth of knowledge. Uh, but the main man is, is Joey. You know, Joey for me has been, apart from with my family, Joey's been the biggest influence on my career, bar none. Not so much, um, maybe, not, maybe not so much on the pitch, but how to, to act off the pitch and, just his enthusiasm, you know. We, I remember my first days as, as a proper YT walking into, walking through the gym at Colliers, and I just did this. All right, Woody, and the clink of the dumbbells, and I look around the corner, and Joey's there with an under, nothing but an Under Armour on, just like <laughs> hearing the clink. And he must have done about a thousand when I was stood there. I was like, "You ready? Like, you ready?" And straight away, I thought, "Right." Never lifted a weight in my life. I'm going to have to try and keep up with this guy. <laughs> um, so that side, he was amazing. But he was he was amazing with me in terms of he kind of nurtured my personality. Um, I was never one to to sort of get ahead of myself. I knew I knew being at the club that I had I had a chance of maybe getting the first team. I never thought about going uh, where I ended up going. And he used to say to me, you know, he goes, "Oh, the way you are." You remind me of Nev. And I said, Nev? I said, Neville Southall. I said, I said, but I'm I'm a lot skinnier than Nev. Like, I love Nev to bits, but, you know, we're completely different. He said, no, just the way you are, like your whole character. And I said, what do you mean? He said, tomorrow, when you come in after training, I'll, I'll explain to you why. So I was thinking, what the hell is he on about? So I know it's Joey. I know he's getting on, but... Surely, surely I can't be anything like that. Neville's he's a legend. Yeah. So I remember training with it was freezing cold, and Silvio Span was back at the club training with the UC. <laughs> he was keeping up his bit of fitness, a legend of a guy. 
hardest right foot ever. I remember being freezing with these horrible umbro balls. They're like medicine balls, concrete. So I'd been over with the first team training. And as I'm walking in with the rest of the lads, Joey's collared me. He's gone to the, the Astro Turf at Collier's by the car park. I'm, come on, get here. I'll show you now. Just do me a favour, just go in the goal, but you can't use your hands. And he lined up all the, all the boys, all the U-team boys, <laughs> around the D of the box, with these rock-out balls going, right, you can't use your hands. And I absolutely loved it. Bought it in me in a bugle, like, you know, it, just, it was amazing. I come <laughs> off, I, I looked like, who's the fella? Oh, uh, I can't think of Anyway, I was black and blue, like, red oh, boxes all over. <laughs> <laughs> the elephant, man. <laughs> well, I wasn't far <laughs> off, to be fair. I think my nose was down by the ear at one point. <laughs> and I come off, and he was like, did you enjoy that? I said, it was a bit mad, but I loved it. He said, see, Nev. He said, you've got to be a bit balmy to be a goalie. And I like to think I'm quite normal. Apart from singing Super and Paul Mullin down at Meadow Lane and stuff like that, <laughs> which he was buzzing about, by the way. I played with Mullers at Morecambe. Yeah, uh, loving it. But it was uh, no a great, just a guy, a great guy. He taught you a lot about life and how if you to live your life, um, and then the respect element as well. You, you often forget what's it, what he's achieved in the game and how much of a legend he is in football terms, just because of how much of a great guy he is. You know, he, he was a real sort of father figure to all the lads, but I felt like in particular, he kind of took a, a liking to me. So in addition to obviously your preferred position, goalkeeper, Claire's tried to play you as a right back. Am I right in thinking that a certain Dean Saunders chucked you up front in a reserve deck game and you scored twice? <laughs> I didn't score. Yeah. Um, I didn't score, no. I came on, we played, we, we were getting battered at Airbus by, um, by Preston. It was 4-0. And a few weeks before, I'd, I'd got in the possession with the, with the first team lads and I, I don't want to blow my own trumpet, but I absolutely bossed it. You can ask Christ, ask Christ for a reference. I absolutely, me and Lee Fowler in the middle of this possession, absolutely bossed it. And he caught it and then I, nothing, I was buzzing for a couple of days and then nothing got said. And I remember Maxi was, I think it was Maxi was playing in goal. He was, I mean, he'd just come back from the 21s. I think Jocelyn was playing in the first team. Mm. So I was on the bench and I've, I've gone and warmed up. I've brought my, obviously got my kit on. And little Al, the the chef slash kit man slash <laughs> ultimate legend, trolley from, comes over. Yeah, <laughs> he comes over to me with this outfield kit. He was like, "Gaffer wants me to give you this." It's like a good one. <laughs> so now I, I left it in the change room, walked out, and the gaffer's looked around, and goes, "You get your kit." What? He goes, "You're coming on in ten minutes. Go and get your kit from in there." What's going on here? Put me up front, me and Louis Moss up front. Game finished. We were four 0 down. It finished four one. I'll claim the assist. Flick on from, <laughs> flick on from the big man. Uh, but yeah, just that was just Dino, just crackpot. There's good legit Dino stories you can give us here. I know there's ones you can't give us. Um, I've, heard, I've heard some of the great and good, but I mean, it, obviously when he came, it was such a big name, and I think, oh yeah, we we could go somewhere, and he was well backed. By, by the chairman at the time and you know we came we came close it didn't happen what was he like though because everybody we spoke to worked under him just said the same as you he's like his, his worth ethic was ridiculous but he was literally just like what you just said just a little bit balmy as well just not quite quite, quite fully there it, it worked though it, it worked and from my perspective I was in a sort of funny position around the time Dean was there because I'd be 
I was kind of in between, if you like. I'd, I'd train with the first team and then I'd have to, I was still in the youth team. Right. So I'd be traveling to you know, Kettering and all these places and being not even being on the bench, just we didn't, he didn't put a goalie on the bench. And then I'd be playing for the youth team the day after and all this stuff. So he, when I was with the first team, I still, it was, it was like a tough love with Dean. And sometimes I absolutely hated him. I thought, just get off my case. I've done all right. And sometimes he'd give you like, but because he because he'd give you that sort of that that toughness towards you and, and you know knock you down, something as simple as a oh, all right, Wardy, well, done well there, mm. you know, built you up, you, you felt a million dollars. But he's uh, there was method in the madness, as I'm sure a lot of the boys in, around that time would would have said. He was uh, big on. He created an amazing sort of team spirit. He got great characters in the squad. You know, people like. Obviously, Kreitz, who's, who's my mate, who's my man, and Tolls, Mangi. Obviously, then Fowles came in, who, who again I was I was close to at the time. Pog was just kind of knocking around, you know, just a big lump who was who ended up being really good for us. Jocelyn was a barn pot. Uh, we just we had a bit of everything, you know, good quality, and and everyone sort of sort of hung, like clung on to every word Dino said because of. Look at the career he's had. Um, some amazing stories he'd tell. But like you say, his work ethic was amazing. Mm. The only the only problem was nothing was ever good enough for Dean. You could put in the best corner, the best free kick. You could hit the stanchion in a finishing session, but he could do it better. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? Was he a better and, keeper than you? Oh, to be fair, I didn't. I don't think I saw him going goal once. It wouldn't surprise me though. He probably he's definitely probably claimed to be. He went, oh, 100%. He'd, just, he'd, he'd be sat there now at home watching some of the Wales games in the summer and going, ah, I could have been, I could have done that, I could do that now. <laughs> do you know what I mean? What, what I wanted to ask is, you know, it, you know, you use the word barmy. We've had similar words used about Dean Saunders, but clearly a popular guy. In terms of the training methods themselves, you know, you're someone obviously who's gone on to have a great career and go to the Premier League as well, as well as being an international number one. So you've obviously worked with really good technical coaches. Was he good technically as a coach? Like, were the, were the sessions good? They were long and boring <laughs> for a goalkeeper because there was a lot. There was a lot of tactical elements, you know. Right. Uh, he, he was so attention to detail, no stone left unturned. He, mm. he wanted to do everything at this uh, at hundred mile an hour and make sure everyone got it. Uh, so tactically, what he did for us as a group at that time was was brilliant. He understood the league we were in. You know, we couldn't go round at that time. We couldn't go around playing pretty football every two minutes. We couldn't play teams off the park. We knew we had to mix it up. And obviously, I know a few of the boys have mentioned about the sort of 20-minute power play that we'd have at the start of games. That year, the uh, the 98-point season, where it was it was literally boom it long, hell for leather. Everyone get after the ball for 20 minutes. And in after time, you know, it, it worked. Uh, but it wasn't just a, a sort of a, a free-for-all, if you like. There was, again, method in the madness. But he, uh, no, again, he, he was brilliant. And I think he's, he was he's a, he's more of a manager for me than a coach. Right. He was he was good at, at managing the personalities, you know. He, yeah. he knew who to give a little bit more, a little bit more leash to and, and who he had to come down on quite hard. Uh, ultimately, it, it almost paid off, apart from uh, Mr. Vardy, who uh, yeah. let me hear the last of it, to be honest. Have you ever had a conversation with Vards about that season? All the time. <laughs> all the time hard, hard luck like if we, we could be having a 
he's one of my best mates, Vards, to be fair. We could be having an, a, a, a debate about something and he'll just randomly chuck it out there and go, yeah, but he only got 98 points. <laughs> <laughs> and he knows, he knows it gets to me every time as well. But uh, no, he, even he said that year was just phenomenal, wasn't it? Like you look yeah. at Liverpool and Man City now, the last couple of years, how close they've been. It, it, I know it's it's different because it's it was the, the National League and stuff, but it, it kind was, of felt like that. It was toe to toe, in it. It's like right, we'll go out and win three nil, or we'll go out and win four nil next week, and it was just nip and suck, and it was. Just, yeah, oh, it was just horrible. It was horrible, you know, to miss out. Was it five points? I think it was. Avadi should have been sent off in the game <laughs> up there, shouldn't he? Yeah, I, I, and I, yeah. I noticed because I did the match report for the for Wrexham Football Club, and I made a, a, a great smell, uh, spelling mistake. And instead of saying Wild Vardy Lunge, it came up on the system as Wild Vardy Lunch. So it just looked like he was eating. Me. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. So yeah, uh, does he have, does he ever debate that he should have been sent off? So yeah, yeah. I've I've not brought that up with him. To, uh, that particular incident, but he, <laughs> I remember when I first signed, I I said to him like I'm not not a big fan of you, and he looked a bit bewildered, like what are you on about? <laughs> uh, my club, imagine where my club could be now if it weren't for you. <laughs> Can you just imagine? He's like, all right, Wrexham fan, I got you. Fan, I was in the squads. <laughs> I was hanging on. I was hanging on for a bonus. I was about sixty quid a week, honestly. Uh, but yeah, it was so annoying. Like we'd get in the changing room and we'd, we'd absolutely annihilated someone. You know, three four nil, and you'd come in and it'd be two one for Eatwood. They'd score an early goal and it'd be uh, Vardy eighty, Vardy ninety plus one, and you think, God. Oh, you get that sort of feeling, you know, where you have to keep going, but it was kind of demoralising as well. So you come off this big high of thinking, right, we're banging this, we're in great form, we're absolutely flying, everyone's together. And then, oh, they've won again. It was it was devastating um, for everyone, really. You know, even like the youth team boys and, and stuff like that, it was, it was really tough. I've got to go and throw some arrows I'm leaving with my apology. I wish I could carry on this chat. I'm very sorry. But um, I'll leave the people have to Tim. They've got to be paying you some big money, haven't they? They've got to be paying you some big money <laughs> yeah, yeah, to yeah, chuck yeah. some there, haven't they? <laughs> <laughs> so you, you, never, you never made a competitive league start for Exxon, did you? But no. there is a certain... Um, certain day in time which involves a Welsh Cup game and an FA Cup game being played on the same day I for my sins same as everybody else well I say for my sins went to Brentford that day and we famously won 1-0 thanks to Jamie Tolley's walloper and then however many miles it was 160, 170 miles where it is back was it at Airbus or was it at the race course I can't remember no it was at the race course right was this your first start or the club because it was it was the kids that were being played. Um, I yeah. can't remember who took the team because obviously the manager then would have been... Joey. Joey took it. Joey took the team. Okay. Joey and Andy Davis took it. Yeah. Okay. So was that weird? I mean, I mean, for for us fans, us fans, it was weird, especially the ones that get mega OCD about missing a match. It's like, well, I need to be in two places at once. What am I going to do? Blah blah. blah. So. 
Yeah, because that was the first. That was our first time we were in Welsh Cup competition for like twelve or thirteen years. I want to say. I'm pretty sure it was, it was something like that. So, take us through that. Was that kind of surreal? Did you think, oh, well, this is another stepping stone to getting into into the first team now? Not really. It didn't. It honestly didn't feel like a, a first team fixture for the obvious reasons. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, the youth team would we'll, play every every week together, train most days together, all in the same change room, and then you all come walking out. At, at the race course against Airbus, it, there was no one there. Maybe maybe there'd have been a, a, a few people turned up. I can't really remember. Um, I remember it was getting, we got we started like a house on fire. Um, I think it was Louis Moss may have scored or Max Fagg, yeah. one of the boys. I think Louis scored, yeah. Louis scored. Um, and then they absolutely bullied us. You know, it was, for me, it was great. Uh, I had loads to do. Yeah, you, you've got to come up against these big, you know, sort of experienced League of Wales lads. Uh, but it, it didn't sort of have the same. It didn't just didn't feel like you'd made a, an appearance for Wrexham, you know, because of the circumstances and it, it, you know, especially with it being a game the same day, and the lads who you train with every day are down, causing a massive upset in the FA Cup, doing the stiff bang on the pitch after Tiles was put in the top corner, <laughs> and then you're you know. Not not to sound like not in a big-headed way, but it was kind of like we, you know, if you had a choice of being at the two, you'd rather play in the FA Cup down at Brentford, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but that's only looking back at, at the time. It was it was sort of just another game. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that that was one of my biggest sort of not regrets. It wasn't it was never in my hands, but I would love I would have loved to have played uh, in the first team. I felt. For a long period of time, uh, I was maybe unlucky. Uh, Maxi uh, just sort of broken through when I was in the youth team and was doing brilliantly. Uh, then Jocelyn came in and, and did really well. And I just thought, am I ever going to get a chance here? You know, uh, when I, uh, Sam Russell was there as well at the beginning, Scott Shearer, who all did okay, and Maxi had seen him off. Um, and then it, it, my hunger for, for wanting a game probably came more when my my first ever game of men's proper football was I went on loan to Tamworth on yeah. emergency loan. Yeah, um, I remember on a Friday I, I was planning to go in and see uh, Dino because I was thinking oh, I know I'm only young, but I'm re- I'm re- I felt ready. I, I thought I've, I've been training as, as well, if not better than these guys. Show a bit of faith in me. I, I could do a job, you know. I really want to play. And I thought I'll do it after I shit myself. I'm not gonna lie. I, I thought I'll speak to him after training. See how because if I go into him and then I go and train, and I'm an absolute shocker, I'll never hear the end of it. <laughs> so I, uh, I remember walking out uh, with uh, with both Michael Oakes at the time and Maxi. I think Joss was there, and he come, you know, come strolling over about twenty minutes into the session on his blower. So walking over, going, Wardy, Wardy. Come here, come here. What's going on? It's like someone on the phone wants to speak to you. Hands to me, I went, hello? <laughs> and this fella just went, hiya, Danny. Um, fancy a game for us tomorrow? I went, yeah. Didn't ask who it was. <laughs> Didn't know it, it could have been anywhere in the country. I just went, yeah, all right. I give the phone back to the gaffer and he went, sorry, mate, I'll, I'll call you back in a minute. Puts the phone down. He goes, Bordy, ah, you know. Do you know who that was? I was like, no. <laughs> I must have only been 16, 17. I don't have a clue. He's got, 
Tamworth manager, Des Little, played with me at Villa. Forrest, Des Little, fullback. No respect. <laughs> no respect. <laughs> he just told you it was. I'm thinking, at least give me a heads up. Come on. <laughs> um, yeah, that was my first ever senior game from coming all the way through at Wrexham to, to then make my debut as a, as a first-team player wasn't for Wrexham. It was for Tamworth in the, in the same league against Hayes and Yedding. Jesus. That is mad. That is mad. But yeah, you're, you're, your Dean Turner's impression is on point, so plenty more of that, you know, as and as when the Tower oh. give, give it in, definitely. He, he used to give me loads, Tim, I promise you. And, and the youth team. Oh, my uh, my first week, um, obviously we have, we have all the jobs to do mm. at the training ground, so obviously you can't get showered before all the first team players are showered. You can't have food, which is, I think was, is good. It's a respecting pain, but like it, very much, I think it's the right thing to do with that age, you know, to teach you a bit of respect and stuff for, for the first team boys. But we had to like clean the changing room, get all the balls in, sort the, sort all the kit room out, clean the showers. And my first ever job was the stairs. Um, so I'm hoovering the reception at Collier's. I've got hoovering up the stairs and I hear someone coming up behind me and I've got my head down. I think, I just don't want to, I want to do this right. Got the old Henry like hoovering away on the step. And someone went, excuse me. And I moved out the way and I went, thank you. I went, oh, no worries, mate. And as you get to the top of the stairs, there's like, it goes round. Yeah. And I just heard another, I had a stop. Couple of thuds down the stairs. It goes, mate, mate, I'm not your fucking mate. I looked up and Dino was just his eyes fuming. <laughs> he went, Are you a player here? I went, I'm in the youth team. He goes, first year? He said, yeah. He goes, you got no chance. <laughs> what the <laughs> He'd never seen me play. He just saw me hoovering the stairs and I, I didn't know it was him. I called him mate. You know. Wow. Crushing, crushing teenage dreams from a from a, a, a what what a crazy, crazy, crazy way of doing things, yeah. but you know. Yeah, you get out of school. You out of school for a couple of weeks, and then you know, two weeks later, you got Dino screaming at you on the stage. It was incredible. We're just going to go through some um, quick fire questions. I'm not going to. I'm not going to um, restrict this to just Wrexham. I'm going to. I'm yeah. going to open it to to everyone and anything in terms of the players you played with or against. So probably with that much. So who's the worst dressed player? Oh, interesting. I'm going to go with the Repsom one. Go on. Jefferson Louis. Jefferson Louis, big Jeff. The journeyman, journeyman Jeff. Big Jeff. I was only with him shortly. <laughs> I know the quick fire. Can I just tell you a quick story about Jeff? Go on. Quickly, sorry. He, um, my missus is going to kill me. So... Uh, my first ever time in the squad at Airbus Reserves uh, and up front we had Jefferson Louis and Mark Williams. Now Mark had just come off the back of scoring 20 odd goals. He was unbelievable on fire before he had a bad injury. And Jeffo was kind of just Jeffo and he was kind of, he scored the odd penalty or he bundled one in or something. And before the game, Jeffo's going round to everyone and he's gone like, like Mark, you see me? I'm all right, man. He's gone, what do you mean? He's gone, like, you, you're like, you're like Dickov. You know, like, you're, 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 like, you're ratting around the night. It was me, I'm like, like Berbatov. <laughs> <All right. laughs> anyway, we, 
we were, I'm sure it was Morecambe we played. We won the game. Mark didn't score, but he set a few up. Jeffo scored a penalty and scored a tap in and was honking. He was he was really, really bad. And Dino's come in and he's absolutely... We won, by the way. So we've all played well except Jeffo. And he's battering Jeffo. So anyway, he walks out. He's like, see you tomorrow, lads. Jeffo stands up and look, turns to Mark Williams and goes, see? Berbata. <laughs> Oh my god! I, I just remember being a young lad walking in uh, and seeing some of his gear just wasn't for me, and that was my first sort of. Oh, I can't say anything though; he's, he's bigger than me. Catchy gear, yeah, yeah. Who was the tightest with money, or who is the tightest with money? He won't appreciate me saying this, but I'll say Lee Fowler because oh, he, that. his now wife, is from Manchester, same area as me. Right. Uh, so we used to we used to spend a lot of time together if we were playing pool or having a meal or, or a quiet pint or something. Then it would often be the young the young ward who would who would pay out of his YTS wages. Although sure. he did give me a lift to training now and again. Oh, there you go, Trev. Who's the hardest player? Uh, if we're talking Wrexham, it's a toss up between Jay Harris and Kreit. Uh, yeah, Jay would t- Jay would tackle anything. Yeah, he would he would try and fight anything. <laughs> Kreitz would head anything. Um, but in, if we're going on a broader spec scale, I'd probably say Dan, Daniel Agger. Really? Yeah. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. Dan was a he had the, he was a scary starer. Yeah. For a top top fella. Yeah, liked his tattoos as well, didn't he, Dan Agger? I think. Mm. Um, who is the biggest moaner? I know he's been said on this before, Neil Ashton. <laughs> Neil Ashton, we might as well just give him the award. I think I think he's been named in all but maybe two or three. So it's just rename the question and say, uh, to, to any future people and say, he was the biggest moaner except Neil Ashton because anyone who was there with him... Or, what, what, or, or should be rephrased to what was the most mundane thing Neil Ashton moaned about? <laughs> it would be anything. You just hear him. You just hear him all over the place. Yeah. Wow. But for the right reasons, though, he's a great fellow, actually. Yeah, we had Brett Ormerod on yesterday and he was telling us about the Scouse Mafia. Had lots of good good stories. Brett was hilarious. So <laughs> look out for that one. <laughs> the swear count is off the scale, by the way. Um, I can imagine. Yeah, lastly, who's the funniest player? Apart from Joe Roden. I imagine he's quite funny. Oh, yeah. Uh, funniest player. Wayne Hennessy and Joe Ledley together. Joint award. Yeah, I can see Brilliant. that. Brilliant. They're they're hilarious lunatics. Sometimes forget that they're in the, they were in the early thirties, mid thirties. They were honestly just, just the way they speak to each other was amazing. Yeah, I bet. I'm going to chuck one final question onto the end. Who? Because I imagine you've got a, a, a Wales WhatsApp group. Who's the biggest spammer in that group? Who's, who keeps sending pointless memes and crap? Oh, I'd go with Dan James. Yeah, Dan James. Yeah, it just it just to randomly put something in, or if there's a conversation, you know, if if you're trying to have a, a, a serious conversation about scheduling or something, he he just pop up with a really random meme or a gif, and you're like, come on, mate. About fair play to him. He's doing all right, in the DJ at Leeds. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's a good he's a good lad. You made your that Wrexham debut in sort of inverted commas December 2011 I think and yeah. then 
you end up moving to Liverpool. I think it was about hundred grand. I think there thereabouts. Yeah, initially, yeah. How did that come about? Were you being scouted? Did you know that you were being scouted? Um, just just give us a bit of context around it. So, the year before, so probably, probably about a year or eighteen months before that January, I I drummed up. I managed to get a bit of interest, you know, because I'd done really well in the youth teams, and obviously. Was playing in the Wales setup, coming all the way through. Um, again, Joey was brilliant with me. Joey was so honest. He was like, "Listen, you, it's getting to a point now where you, you may not play here." And Maxie's at an age where he's doing well. You know, you're only young. It might, you might have to go elsewhere, but if I, if I can help you in any way, I will do. So he'd come to me and he'd speak, he'd speak to me about clubs that had been interested. Um. <laughs> I remember uh, we used to go to college on a Thursday, full day at, uh, in town at Yale. Uh, and Dave Brammer, remember Dave Brammer? Yeah. He, he's my agent. No way. Yeah. Amazing. So he, um, obviously we're links with the club and stuff. So he rang me on a Wednesday night. Uh, and he's gone, listen, uh, don't tell anyone at the club, but tomorrow I've got your, your Stoke wanna, want you to play in a game. Let's keep it hush hush. You know, you're not missing training because you're meant to be in college. Was, well, we'll go. I'll take you in the morning. Just you know, just say you've got the runs or something. So yeah, sound no problem. So I hopped in the car with him in the morning. Uh, on the way there, I've I've texted. I think I texted Andy Davis and was like, "Listen, I'm ill." So yeah, don't worry about it. Well, you get yourself right, and then we'll check in with you tomorrow. Get to Stoke, play the game, do well. I can't remember the name of the fella. He was like, listen, when you get back in the car now, we'll we'll ring Rex and we'll put a bid in for you. I don't know how much it was, but we were struggling financially at the time. You know, um, it was never going to be a, a big, a, a mass amount of money. Uh, so we must be 10 minutes into the car journey. Obviously, I'm speaking with Brams about the game and stuff. And he's like, you know, you did really well there, mate. So, yeah, I felt, I felt all right. You know, both, you know, training round's nice. You know, good club doing well so he told me about when he was there next thing you know my uh, my phone goes that, sorry Brams Brams's phone goes in the car so he's put it through obviously the, the Bluetooth Dean Saunders <laughs> he's gone hiya Dean Brams what the f*** is this <laughs> what do you mean Dean what are you on about Wardy what the f*** is about Wardy <laughs> said I don't know what you mean Dean <laughs> he's gone Stoke I've just got on the phone to Stoke now they've just put a bid in for Wardy what the f*** is this about he's like oh, I didn't know like, I knew there was clubs interested but you know Dean he's, he's a young man he, he, it's a hell of an opportunity for him and anyway Dino's gone mad he's like no not having it not having it this is, this is ridiculous it's, it's ridiculous <laughs> it's ridiculous it's ridiculous 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 I'm not doing it hangs the phone up so me and Brams are laughing, thinking, oh, brilliant. Like, gone back to square one. 30 seconds after the phone calls ended, my phone starts going, Dean Saunders. <laughs> Put it through the Bluetooth. Are you worthy, son? Uh, how are you feeling? I say, yeah, Gaffer, not too bad. Are you going to be in tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, I yeah, should be all right. Just stay on top of the fluids in that, Gaffer. Yeah, yeah, right, right, okay. Uh, listen, we're going to offer you a new deal. <laughs> <laughs> I went, you what? So I'm going to offer you a new deal. Yeah. Um, 
and it was like it, it, it wasn't 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 great. I can't remember the things, but it wasn't great. So I was like, listen, obviously I have to speak to to my representatives and that gaffer. Where I'm only a young lad. I don't really know what's best to do at the moment and stuff. I'm trying to, you know, giving him all the spiel. Like I, I'm trying to find my way and I'm trying to get the best advice. So speaking of advice, you need to sack that agent. You're shite. <laughs> <laughs> I have known him for a long time. And I'm telling you now, he's no good. <laughs> he said, he's no good. He was no good as a player. <laughs> he's no good as an agent. And Bram's Canoodle, they sat next to me, he's like, what is going on here? <laughs> oh. So, phone goes down. And then I didn't hear the last of it then for a few days off Dean. He never mentioned Stoke to me once, never mentioned anything, which was I felt was a bit wrong. Um, but yeah, that's again, so that was kind of the start. That, that was kind of the start. Like, but Bram's just, face oh, was a picture, wasn't it? When, when he's oh, Bram's, but he, he didn't know what to say. And ironically, they're really good pals now. They go and play golf and they go the racing together. It's, it's madness. It's, it's so strange. Like, um, and he always he always goes to Bram's. So what he uh, so what he played the other day uh, for the boys down in Cardiff. I was doing the radio. All right. Yeah, he's one of. I always say he's one of mine. He's he's one of mine. <laughs> Ah, oh, he'll take credit for everything, money. Blessing. Yeah. yeah, that was that was kind of the, the 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 start of interest really starting to to become a thing. Then you know, the the ball was rolling. I think other people had found out about the bid from Stoke. Shortly after that, uh, I can't remember exactly when that was. But shortly after that, Dino then left. He was it? Did he go Doncaster? Was it Doncaster you went yeah. to first, or Wolves? Doncaster. I think it was Wolves after. I think it was Doncaster. Then it was Wolves. I can't remember. He took Carey with him, didn't he? Yeah, he took yeah. Bry with him. Either so, way, he, t- he took them both down. So um, you know, <laughs> and Crawley. So, yeah, yeah. And Crawley. <laughs> He's um, so he he just left, um, and then obviously Mozza Mozza got the job, and he was he was brilliant. He was bringing me. He was really open and honest. He was like, if because he was, even though I was, I'd have been what seventeen, late seventeen, eighteen. He was, he was my mate essentially because we trained together every day, and he still had that relationship which he had with all the players. Um, and he just any sort of sniffs or anything, he'd come to him and be like, "Listen, I'm not, I'm not going to take the piss out of you." Basically, it's like I'm not going to ask for ridiculous money and stuff like that. He's like, at the end of the day, it's not for me to decide or. For me to mess with your future, which I really appreciated, it, it, you know that's a measure of the man for me. I thought he was, he was a all oh, top player and he was a top top fella. And um, it's a shame he he's he's kind of ducked out of the management at the minute because he was, he was brilliant at that. Um, and then he rang me, he rang me around the start of January and said, "We've had a bid from Liverpool. What do you reckon?" And I didn't ask how much or anything, and straight away. You know, you can't, you can't not explore the opportunity of going from a national league club to a Premier League club. Mm. Um, so I, I was like, yeah, like, obviously I want, obviously I'd want to go. I think anyone would want to. It's no matter how much I love Wrexham, I, I can't not pass up this opportunity. So we went uh, a couple of days later. Went up there. I did two days. We did a medical and a bit of training. Standard was unbelievable. Uh, we played a game. Sorry, uh, the two days. So that must say that was a Monday. Where I had the phone call with Mazza. The Tuesday we played a friendly, which was organised especially f- 
for Liverpool to have a close look at me. We got absolutely battered mm-hmm. at Kirby. But I, I actually played well. Yeah, I think we got beat five or six, but we, it should have been about six, 50 or 60. Um, I remember coming off the pitch after the game thinking, I've done all right there. Uh, but Mozzie was like, yeah, they, they like you. So I then went and did my medical, trained, and they were still umming and ahhing a little bit, you know, about money and stuff like that. Not for, from my side, but in terms of the club. I think they, that got sorted anyway. And then... That was it. I, I had no chance to, to go and say goodbye to anyone, really. I had a, a couple of messages here and there with some of the boys. I spoke to Joey. I still came to a couple of games. Uh, where I, used to, I still went and sat behind the dugout with all the youth team lads, even though I wasn't <laughs> wasn't there anymore. Um, but yeah, that was kind of... That was that had been... It was emotional, you know. Yeah. It, 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 daft as it sounds, uh, because I, I, I sort of... Wrexham give me my love of football again. Yeah. Where from getting released and being on the floor after leaving Man United and, and contemplating never playing again. Yeah. At that sort of, you know, a professional level, if you like, to then coming in and, and just absolutely loving it, you know, at a club that is close to me anyway, uh, to be around you know, great people, the atmosphere of the club, it was just, uh, yeah, Um some of the best, some of the best years of my life actually been in that youth team sort of set up at Wrexham. Uh, they're memories that I, I hold dear for sure. It'll come full circle and you can finish your career where, where you start. <laughs> so yeah, get the two Rob, uh, Ryan, Rob on the phone. Exactly, yeah. Get them to tap you up. You never know. Don't do that. Disclaimer. You know. <laughs> they have Dino on the phone. Yeah, well, yeah, Dino will probably claim credit for Ryan and Rob uh, taking over the club. Probably. I've got to be careful because I really want to get Dino on. He's kind of like one of the. The big kahunas have not managed to land yet, so we'll we'll see. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, the Liverpool thing is bold, isn't it? Like you said, to go from the fifth division to the top and go right. You know what? It's one of those you sink or swim. If you make the first team, great. Worst case scenario, you get a couple of loans and you still get the chance to impress, which is essentially what happened. You know, I think yeah. you, was it three Liverpool appearances? I want to say there thereabouts. I think in, in yeah, that yeah. Then, and it took a while. I think it took until it was four years until you made your debut. It was April 2016, I think it was. And um, before then, it was obviously Lone Spell Aberdeen, which is really good. 13 clean sheets, enjoyed your time north of the border. Um, then a season long loan to Huddersfield Town. A mate of mine at work is a big Terriers fan. And when I told him I was chatting to you, he's like, oh, legendary, brilliant. He's the one that starts up and he's like, so, you know, they remember, they remember that well, would they? And, you know, three penalty saves, play a final, beat Reading, got Huddersfield promoted. Was that was, was that them in the top flight for the first time ever or first time in a long time, I'd imagine? I can't remember. Yeah, first well, first time in the Premier League in, yeah. in this era anyway. I mean, the Aberdeen and the, and the Huddersfield loans, uh, it's, it's, without, you know, stating the obvious, I imagine that, that, that those are the platforms for you to go, yeah, I'm showcasing my talents now. I might not have got the opportunity at my parent club, but here I am, you know, waving, and you, you're starting to take notice. So, but it's important for you to enjoy your football as well, and you seem to be doing that in, in, in both of those clubs. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I would say I, the loan, the sort of the loans for a young player, unless you are a Trent Alexander-Arnold who is out of this world, I and mean, he's going to walk into Liverpool's first team, it, it, it doesn't happen. 
doesn't happen. You know, once in a blue moon, you'll get a talent like Trent. The rest of you, it's they think just because maybe you've gone from uh, maybe a lower division club to a Premier League club, it's still you've not made it. You're still you may be in a in a in a better position to make to make it, but you've still got to go and do the hard yards. You've still got to have, apply that attitude that you had at, at Wrexham to now. Just because you've you've got you get treated like I was saying earlier, like you get treated like a king now. You know you don't have to wash your own kit. All the drinks are there. Yeah. You know the food's amazing. The facilities are amazing. Everything is top top draw. You've got no complaints. So you have to focus on your football. You have to have the attitude of right. I'm willing to go here. I'm willing to go there on loan. I need to play games. I want to progress. I want to do this. Um, and the the Aberdeen one came around. I I tore my meniscus in my knee. Uh, had an op. Uh, was out for like nearly four months. Uh, I had a week of training and John Achterberg said to me, uh, Morecambe want to take you just for a month. League two, get some games. What do you think? And I said, yeah, sound. I'm going there tomorrow. Put the phone down. Spent a month there. Loved it. My first proper taste of men's football, which I didn't manage to have at Wrexham. Yeah, yeah. It was like having all that sort of experience again of being around the lads every day and mucking in with all the older boys to now doing that again but playing so I kind of even though it was a step forward going on loan it was a step back for me it's of wow I remember this atmosphere I remember these sorts of places loved it did, did okay uh, and then from there the opportunity to go to Aberdeen came the year after uh, which I mean Aberdeen is essentially a, a, a really big club at the time they weren't you know, they weren't probably where they wanted to be. They won a Scottish Cup. Uh, and Derek McInnes was there, he was, again, amazing with me. I must have been probably 21. Um, obviously, it's a long way as well, Aberdeen. It's, it's miles away from civilization. <laughs> um, so once you're there, you you either sort of go under. Um, obviously, you've got the weather and stuff like that. And everyone there is, is Aberdeen Football Club. If you lose or if you don't win a game, you should. You know about it. Yeah. But on on the flip side, if you win, and that we won the first eight games of the season, set a new record since Sir Alex Ferguson's era at Aberdeen. Oh, Saturday nights in Aberdeen were fantastic. <laughs> I thought this is easy. This 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 is easy. Um, it turned out not not to be, but it was uh, amazing. They're all experiences that you need as a as a, a player trying to make the way in the game. Yeah. You go from a, a Wrexham to a Liverpool, chalk and cheese. You go to a Morecambe to an Aberdeen, again, chalk and cheese, at a, a club which have not long been in the Football League. Really limited resources, not the, not the biggest club to then go to Aberdeen, which is, again, a big history of winning uh, European Cups and Scottish titles and you know, Alex Ferguson, all these amazing legends of the game. So it gives you a real sort of, it opens so many doors to you. And that's just off the pitch. Mm. You you appreciate things a lot more, which then makes you want to do better on the pitch. Which, again, they all lead on to another. Then the Huddersfield thing come around and it was just the perfect, perfect timing, perfect manager, perfect group of players. Uh, Stewie Webber was there. Who again, he was at Wrexham as well. Um it was just the perfect storm. It was amazing. And to be part of that, 
Um, you have to be fully invested. Um, you can't carry one or two. And we were all fully invested, you know, from boys coming down from Premier League clubs to, you know, young boys coming through at the youth system. We brought in a lot of foreign boys from Germany, uh, from David Wagner and his, his knowledge. It was just, he was absolutely incredible to see all these different cultures merge together. And, and then on the pitch, we were really good. We were kind of chucked together and gone, right, go and play. And we were really good and, and we achieved something which no one can ever take away from us as players or that football club. So they're, they're every loan I've had, um, I cherish them all daily because they, there's no such thing as a bad loan. Yeah, yeah. It's how you take it. If you go and you don't perform, you don't play, you, you learn from it. Equally yeah. as, as if you go and you get promoted to the Premier League, you, you still learn things. You have an amazing experience and a bad experience. There's no such thing as a bad loan. Mm, very true. Very true. You say you 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 um, played with uh, Paul Mullen at Morecambe as well. Um, so I was there. What was he like then? I mean, is it is it, is it comes? Has it has it surprised you he's not played higher, or has it surprised you that? Oh, not surprised you, but did did you think then? No, no, he's got something about it in this lad, and obviously he's proved it, and then hopefully he's going to prove it again with us. Yeah, it was it, it was tough to be heard in that changing room because there were so many loud scousers, <laughs> you know, and all and you had big Kev Ellison who was the ringleader as well, oh, terrifying. Who, uh, <laughs> who is actually, you know, I've seen him playing the derbies at the race course for Chester. But he's actually a, a really great guy. He loved being the part of my villain, but he was sort of the, the ringleader of this team of scousers who were all really loud and brash, and and Muller's was kind of just just normal. Yeah. Um, on the training pitch, you would the thing with Mullers, you'd never you'd see him running around, but you'd never really see him with the ball until he was in front of the goal and bang, it was a goal. Um, so when he went on to have the season like he did at uh, at Cambridge, it didn't surprise me at all. Yeah, the way he is now, you know, he, he chasing chasing Chris packets around and stuff like he will run forever. Sometimes does a little bit too much work, but. In front of goal, it's just a natural ability he's got, isn't it? He knows where it is, that's for sure. And I couldn't believe, uh, I couldn't believe what I was looking at when it popped up on the socials that Rex had signed Paul Mullin after the year he'd had. It was just like, we are massive. <laughs> like, how, how has this happened? It's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy. Mm. crazy. Um, and yeah, for, for you to sort of go playing alongside him to, to chant in his name and ask how slightly surreal. <laughs> Experience for you, but one one that you enjoyed, um, which you know it's been well documented everywhere. But that's that's not necessarily a bad thing. It was a you know it's a good way to blow off steam, isn't it? And why not? Going back to what you said at the start of this podcast is that you like the warts and all humbleness about non-league, I suppose, lower mm. league football in general. Um, can you know, can you? There's this, you know, whether rightly or wrongly, and some people flash it, some people don't. Yourself falls into the latter category. Um, where you've got pampered Premier League players, borrow this, borrow that. But for you to, to, to come along to that game and be very accessible and be very, very approachable and just be one of the lads, I think everybody saw that. And I think that's why um, that's why it was kind of seized on by, by a lot of a lot of the, the press and, and so on and so forth. But yeah, was that, was that, was, was that, was that an enjoyable way for you, for you to blow steam? You're getting your football fix, but just catching up with some old mates and you know, crites and all that as well. Yeah, I, I was so excited. Yeah. Um, I couldn't tell you. So 
Kreitz, I saw Kreitz put some, I'm not big on social media. Yeah. Um, and I, I one day I've, I've scrolled along and I saw Kreitz mention about an away day. So I messaged him and said, why don't we do, why don't we go to Notts County? He said, sound, I'll get you a ticket. And this, this would have been late October, early November. So I thought, nah, he won't, he won't remember. I didn't even remember. Got closer to the time and, and he sent me a text and was like, I've got your ticket, mate. I was like, this game? Um, and then it couldn't have worked out any better uh, because our our game on New Year's Day got called off. Uh, we went to play Norwich, but that was postponed. So I went back to Wales, um, spent some time back there with family, and then I got uh, I got myself up to Nottingham on the on the second. I was in the house for probably ten minutes. Had a quick shower change of clothes and then I was off to to see you boys uh, for some some pre-game antics and then uh, watch the Reds like it was it was a, a day that I'd waited for for years yeah uh, when it was it just, I just enjoyed it you know it, it's everyone loves football but when I've not been able to get to a game for so long and and experience what is now the, the new version of Wrexham from the last time I saw it. Mm-hmm. After looking from afar for so long, it, it was great. I absolutely loved it. And it sort of whets the appetite for, for trying to do it again. It's just finding a, a, you know, a time and a, and a place when to do that. Could you, I don't want to make it, I'm not going to make an, any unfair comparisons, but without blowing our own trumpets, you know, fifth division, we sell out an allocation for Notts County. We're getting... 9,000 crowds at home. I mean, like you said, chalk and cheese between what you saw and experienced the previous time you'd seen them to to that day. When you when yeah. you when you go in there and there's fans chanting your name, word had got out that you were there, but you just wanted to blend in with it all, understandably. Did you think and do you still think, you know, where 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 can Wrexham realistically go now the dream is always to get back to the football league that still is the short term I say short term 14 seasons in you know. <laughs> um, uh, what, 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 what can you you must, must have looked around and thought Jesus Christ the, 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 the potential has always been there but I think days like that for me um, when you go to an away game, you look around at how many people have made that trip, not necessarily just from Wrexham, but from, from far and wide. There's a guy who comes from, from Luxembourg to a lot of games. It's just crazy. Yeah, it's um, incredible. Did that kind of hit home? Then you think, you know what, you can see why they've bought the club and you can understand why they've bought yeah. it because if, if everything goes well, then you know there's no reason why why we can't dream a little bit of you know championship a minimum for now, but we'll see. Well, why not? Why not? Why not dream? Why yeah. not dream? You know, we're in a real good place. Now. I just my only sort of gripe with Rob and Ryan is that where were they? Uh, you know, when I was there, surely they could have come in then and, and put the. You know, God knows where we could be now. We could be in the champion. We could put the Champions League this week. Uh, yeah. Outrageous. No, it, it's, it's like I say. Um, not from looking from afar for so long. When I was at the club, it. You could just you could see what it's about, you know the the history. You know we had the stadium, the training ground was one of the best I've been at anywhere. You know how everything about it was was never set up to be a conference club. You know the personnel and you know the youth system. You know we bought players. We've got a history of bringing players through right the way back. To, you know to God knows when. To then see that 
where it was. I thought it was it would have been a no-brainer for somebody to maybe come in and take a punt because it was it was just kind of a, like a, it's a sleeping giant. Yeah. And I know people will say I'm biased because I'm a Wrexham fan and I'm from there and stuff. But if you think, if you step back and think about it logically, like what's not to love? If if you're a prospective owner, what's not to love about Wrexham? You know, have we seen now the, the gates and the away attendances? Mm. You know, the hysteria that Robin Ryan have created has only amplified that. You know, ten times, a thousand times over. But we know as Repton fans, it's always been there. Yes, we've had a lot of shit that we've had to deal with as a club, but it, it's just refreshing to see where we are now. You know, we're in a healthy place with real exciting times ahead of us. Everyone seems to be pulling in the same direction now. Uh, the the, the 9,000 at home, I was uh, I was actually away with uh, my missus and the little one and the dog. We went down to Hampshire and you know, we had the week, the winter break, as they call it. Yeah, yeah. So we went down there, staying in this treehouse thing, and it was when Ollie Palmer signed. Right. I think my screen time over the next couple of days shot right through the roof, like, and then he scored obviously on his debut. And my missus like, "Who is this guy? Like, who is this guy? Do you want to? Do you want <laughs> to move in, in with this yeah? Do you want to move in with this fella or what? It's like, <laughs> it's like, I don't know who he is. I was like, I don't care, but he's really big. He's going to score goals for us, and he's going to get us to the football league. So yeah, he's a big deal. Uh, but no, it's, it's exciting times, Paul. It's just be interesting to see how we end the we, we end the season now. Yeah, Danny, that's been absolutely superb. Um, we've we've covered a lot. It's been really really interesting. I'm still I'm still living the Dean Saunders impression. Um, coming <laughs> out on that one alone, it's, it's just it's quality. I've got more of Dean, but I, I I couldn't possibly tell him on the edit. No, he's no. a great fella. Let's not. Let's just let's just be safe in knowledge that if Wales get to the World Cup, it'll be Dean Saunders taking the credit for it, probably. Oh yeah, he'd be one in an NBA or something. Hundred percent, it'll be him on it. So. <laughs> Yes, let's hope we can kick on for the rest of the season, as Danny says. Now, however, before we do uh, predictions and look ahead to next week, um, it's time for what, Tim, your favourite feature? It's time for OnlyFans with a Z for for the purposes of not getting sued by any salubrious um, eye-opening content companies. So, yeah, this week we've got Rob Davis, a big Wrexham fan, keen runner, um, likes to listen to, to this during his uh, hugely testing uh, fitness runs, marathon type run things, whatever it is. But yeah, so thanks to uh, to Rob Davis for for giving us his answers to to these questions. Hello, Boridar, Pnanda, Nosrathar. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Uh, hello, fearless and devotion listeners and Wrexham fans, wherever we're based. My name's Rob Davis. I've been a Wrexham fan since around 1968-69. I can well remember the promotion season of uh, 1969. Um, I probably enjoyed, or has it endured, our journey for well over 50 years. Um, 
I've enjoyed listening to the Fearless in Devotion podcast and other podcasts as I uh, go run training for my next marathon. Uh, a few questions I've been asked. Favourite away days? So many. From the early 70s, our cup run with my friend's dad uh, driving us to the uh, 2-0 victory at Crystal Palace. Or the 1-0 win at uh, Southampton. Dave Smallman, what a player. Uh, the trip to Burnley on a double-decker bus for the quarter-final. But then, more recently, what about the nil-nil hammering we had at Main Road, where, was it Mark Cartwright played an absolute stormer of a game? Um, the promotion party at Northampton. And, of course, the West Ham away game after beating Arsenal, when, every time I recall it, that... Absolutely wonderful pass from Gazoin just gets longer and longer for Lee Jones to score. Was it 35, 40 yards or more and more? And more recently, the this season, I was absolutely privileged to see the Mighty Reds score six away at Kings Lynn. And of course, the very enjoyable last minute winner by Paul Mullin at Halifax this season. My worst moment sporting Wrexham? Well, I've witnessed quite a few uh, losses but particularly disappointing, of course, was the Newport uh, playoff. Oh, Brett Ormerod, how could you miss? My favourite Wrexham shirts. I have the uh, original Wrexham Lager red shirt. And also I, I do like the recent green Eva Williams shirts and green TikTok shirts. Stuck on a desert island with a Wrexham player, who would I choose? Well, probably for conversation and Wrexham history, maybe people like Alvin Griffiths or Joey Jones, but for entertainment, maybe somebody like Glenn Little. Would any of these be capable of making campfire? Who knows? I've been asked for a funniest Wrexham story, but maybe in my context, meeting Wrexham players out of context. And uh, because I've worked in the NHS for years, I've met and worked with um, players' family members. So one player came to my 40th birthday party. I met the family of another player in the designated Wrexham pub in uh, near Wembley before the Newport game. But I want to mention uh, a dear departed former player, coach, long-time physio and emergency manager, George Shaw, who in his later years worked as a porter in the Mailer Hospital and a very quiet, unassuming chap. And because I really asked, he brought his FA Cup winner's medal from playing for Wolves in the early 60s into work so I could see it. I've been asked what is higher, Bez from the Happy Mondays or the Kairas floodlights. Well, my younger friends will uh, consider me uncool, maybe. I had to Google who Bez was, but of course our floodlights are seriously massive. Complete the sentence, I believe Charlie Trafford is now. Well, he's actually now in uh, Calgary, isn't he? Um, playing for Calvary FC. Nice to talk to you, Fearless in Devotion. Come on, you Reds. Thanks very much for that, Rob. If you would like to uh, take your turn to answer these questions and submit them to the podcast, we'd be very grateful. You can send a message to Tim on Twitter or you can email us, fearlessindevotion at gmail.com. Uh, right, prediction time. There's no Andy this week because he's, where is he? He's in New York? Is he in the States New somewhere? New York, yeah. I thought he'd be doing London things, to be honest. He's never, he's never home, that boy. The big whopper in the big apple. <laughs> um, one more thing can I add in? I know you just said yeah. about tweeting us um, the details mm. of the OnlyFans. Another one I want people, if, if they really wanted to tweet in, what, what pronunciation are we having for Max Clareworth, Max Cleworth, 
Max Cleworth. Those are the three variants. So is it Cleworth, Cleworth, or Cleworth? I've heard Cleworth as well a couple of times. That's surely wrong. I feel like I'm reading out a countdown conundrum at the end before the ad break. Cleworth, Cleworth, or Cleworth? Yeah, if you're mates with Max Cleworth, if you are related to him, please let us know. Or yourself, Max. Phonetically, you're going to have to sort of spell it out on a Twitter. Yeah, just send us a voice note. What are you having it? What are you both having it as? I'm saying Cleworth. I'd been saying Cleworth, but you know, I'm saying as Reese Cleworth. So, so nothing for Cleworth. We've got a Cleworth. Whatever the hell that is. No, no, nothing for that. Okay, fine. Let us know. Someone must know. Surely the God. Um, Great player. That's what. I was yeah, doing. he's really coming into his own, isn't he? Um, we'll have to talk more about Max uh, soon. However, first of all, predictions. We don't know the answers. We'll have to save for that when Andy's got back in his little black book. But what we can do is ask each other for this week's predictions, which I believe are only Kings Lynn, because we don't have a game next Saturday. Only Kings Lynn, um, because we are, have a free weekend. But mm. We have a game on the Tuesday next week, but we can predict for that on the next pod. Yeah, fine. Um, Tim, what are your thoughts for Kings Lynn? Oh, we cracking to give him another wallop in Mr. Cleves team um, very very well they're struggling again in the league so I'm going to go I just fancy us to, to cut loose again uh, yeah let's 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 get that 4 0 that we should have had the other day I'll have 4 be great 4 nil. Mm, I'm not as confident that we're going to absolutely tonk them this time I mean they had a bad result on Saturday they got tonked 4-1 by Maidenhead but looking at their defensive record, it's it's improved compared to perhaps the previous times we played them. So I'll, go, I'll still go for a, a nice, relatively comfortable 2-0, but maybe not the tonking that we've imposed on them in the past. Yes, uh, I'd made the same observation, Liam, looking at the last few results as they got a new manager. Seemed to have tightened up a little bit, but they're still losing. So, you know, I don't think there's any excuses here. We've got to win. I'm going to go for a 3-0 victory um, and let's hope that we're all right Andy has gone for a 4-1 he sent it in via dispatches Wrexham 4 Kingslin 1 did he get so optimistic remarkable remarkable well let's hope we have Andy back next week and that we'll be celebrating a fourth straight win I believe um, fifth fifth including the FA Trophy um, well we'll be back before that won't we we're no oh, yeah. Mark Griffiths, are we? No, we're not. Sorry, you don't you don't follow us for stats, do you? So, uh, but we, we, let's hope we're celebrating another win. I should have just said that, and then I'd have been <laughs> there. Well, there we go. Anyway, thank you very much for listening, and we'll um, uh, speak to you next week. Cheers. Cheers. See you then.